0: Ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, special edition. Saying special edition just threw me off. My name's Adam. My name's Jeremy. And we're here to discuss what if the all-new, all-different X-Men had never existed, number 23. This is the the 23rd issue in the what if the all-new, all-different X-Men had never existed series. (laughs) We figured we would tackle this particular one because it's the best one so far. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh let's see here's some stats cover date of March 1991 and uh on sale January 15th of 1991 cover price of a dollar uh, this one's titled what if the all new all different X-Men had never existed and it is this is a special edition episode because I don't know all of everything we're going to cover is out of continuity right so we're not we're just throwing this out there into the ether
1: it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. are going to skip an episode. This is the one to skip. If we were clever, we would release it as soon, as we will, but then number it as whatever episode we did, the all-new, all-different .5. I don't think I'm that clever, though. Yeah, good luck figuring out that. Yeah. that sounds, uh, you just gave me a headache. just seems like a research that that I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to I'm gonna actually do. But anyways, yeah, so the cover of this guy here is uh, the... The old X-Men bursting through the page uh, of the new X-Men which is in a stark uh difference to what we actually saw in Giant-sized X-Men number 1. It's a good idea. Sure. I I'll never get tired of seeing variations of this cover Adam. You got
0: your five original X-Men plus Havoc and Polaris. So this tells us right away we're right in the era of uh the what issue 66? Maybe a little bit earlier than that.
1: Oh, my God. Now you're really stretching here. 60, Sixty, I don't remember. Sixty-six was the last, or sixty-seven was the last? Sixty-six is the last. Six. Okay. So then this is, this is essentially giant-sized X-Men number one. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to X-Men 94 after that for the Count Nefaria and his... What were his bad guys called? We'll find out in this issue. If, the Annie Men. Animan, that's right.
0: Uh we also cover a lot of other stuff, so I mean, this would be a tough one to uh they're, they're basically wiping the slate clean here.
1: Pretty much. Uh Adam, what do you what are your general in, impressions and thoughts of of the what if series as a whole?
0: I've always liked what if. Yeah? Um, although in my mind it always ends badly. Yeah, I feel right. like what if's are almost always tragic endings like if this thing that happened hadn't happened in exactly the way that it happened it would have ended badly for everybody which is a cool concept i like that concept
1: it'd be interesting though and maybe this exists there's many different series of what ifs and many issues in those various series of what ifs but uh, is there a scenario in which one of these what ifs ends in a far better result than than what we actually see in the well you could argue you could argue the spoilers this might be the one. Oh, that's true that's a good point you're right this one does not end all that tragically yeah i actually read it adam i promise you <laughs> my recollection of what ifs so so i used to collect the original or the series one what ifs if you will because this is a right. this, this is volume two it's like volume two yeah uh and i always liked the idea and those those stories usually had maybe Uh, One main what-if story backed by maybe two smaller what-if stories or maybe just two what-if stories. A couple of my favorites. Actually, this is a good example. Um, One of the ones I recall is what if Beast and the Thing continue to mutate and uh, the spoilers for something that was released somewhere in the mid-80s. Beast continues to uh, uh, mutate into this horrible... Like Neanderthal creature with like boils and bumps, he's just like a horrible monster uh, with his continued mutation. <clears throat> Whereas Thing, he also continues to sort of horribly mutate and get rockier and rockier and rockier until one day he kind of just like bursts out of the rocks and he's he's completely cured, completely healed, back to Ben mm-hmm. Grimm. That's nice. The other one that I remember from my childhood was what if Dazzler became Galactus's herald, uh, and that one was pretty good. She has i guess a a far better sense of morality than the silver surfer so she does everything she can to protect these various uh worlds and such oh man you know what i'm looking at my office right now
0: is not that what the silver surfer does
1: yeah i don't know she does it better i don't remember (laughs) i don't really read any silver surfer uh in my office my sentinel somehow fell off a shelf It happened overnight. I know. It was was probably sentient and it tried to move
0: and it realized it was a toy.
1: He dropped Wolverine. Wolverine's laying on my desk and the sentinel's on the floor. ah, Tectonic plate shifting here in Wisconsin. I'm I'm a little worried. Is
0: that the the only thing that fell?
1: Uh, Looks like a harmonica fell too. But these things have been untouched and standing there for ah, a year probably. And then one day probably
0: been leaning and you just never realized it and yeah. then finally just gravity
1: uh, that that micro centimeter or whatever was just enough for him to to fall yeah i feel like <clears throat> i'm more inclined to believe that there was a uh, gravitational fluctuation centered well, around my too. house yeah. yeah but it's weird that that would be the only
0: thing to have fallen yeah like if there was an earthquake or some sort of shift
1: well, the reality is that the shelves are are sort of undersized for the amount of stuff that's on them, so there's a little bit of a bowing effect. So, in addition to the sentinel probably leading and the in the wood uh, um, bowing, it's probably just a yeah. What what you said, the two physics aligned and the sentinel fell. He's not broken though, so that's good. I'm surprised you didn't wake up in the middle of the night. Well, it's all the way in the base. Downstairs and he's like, "Help me! Help <laughs> me!" Wolverine. I cannot live this life anymore. <laughs> what would Wolverine be doing, just like hacking away at him? No, Wolverine's just a toy. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. That tracks. All right, well let's let's uh, let's get into this thing, Adam. Okay. Um, so just like they do in giant-sized X-Men, the the mutants, the entire team, as we mentioned, minus Beast, it should be noted, uh, staying true to form, are are sent to Kokoa to find this. Uh, super powerful, off-the-charts mutant, and I guess what they're saying here is that in our continuity, Jean was the last off the plane. Uh, The X-Men got attacked before Jean could throw up a telekinetic shield, but in this reality, Jean is off the plane a little bit sooner, and she's able to defend against that initial attack, which means they don't get strung up and they're actually able to do a battle with Krakoa.
0: Which they handily win,
1: <clears throat> yeah, it and goes, uh, end
0: yeah. up on an iceberg, floating back to lands unknown.
1: There's a there's definitely whoever wrote this, um, and I guess we'll get to wherever those credits are. Oh, it's uh Kurt Definitely wanted to emphasize teamwork. Like this is a seasoned yeah. team of people who just know what they're doing. They're hitting them by the numbers. Uh, and so one of the strate- strategies they use here is, uh, you know, the professor's there and he's like, oh, I'm going to try to figure out what's happening. You guys do a defense. Hey, Lorna, I, I sense that you were, you've got some blocks in your magnetic power. So, Gene, this is going to be dangerous, but I want you to use your telekinetic powers to unlock the potential of Polaris, which she does. And then she uses her magnetic powers to launch Krakoa into uh, the atmosphere. And then they and ride havoc, the iceberg.
0: Havoc and Cyclops also work together yes. in order to sh- send her additional energy, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, Angel does nothing. And <laughs> Iceman, he's there. He's, you know, blasting ice around. Angel
0: flies around. He's like, you know, there's debris. He's getting the others to
1: avoid. He's the like, one. Ah, that he, piece of rock hey,
0: almost hit your Cyclops. It's he, a good thing I moved it, right?
1: He's the one that comes up with the plan by saying, hey, everybody, this isn't working. We need a new plan. <laughs> and that's when Cyclops is like, he's right. So that's that's Angel's contribution is saying, coming up with a brilliant idea to come up with a plan. So he's like co-leader. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do in my everyday life, Adam. Like, I'm not really the leader, but I'm like, guys, you know what we need? We need a plan. And everyone's like, yeah. And then they come up with the plan, but then I take all the credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it, really. <laughs> that's how I've been successful in my career. I don't actually know what I'm doing. I just, you know, hey, we need a plan, everybody. And they rally around me, so things continue more or less as normal. um the professor has his nightmares of what will ultimately become uh Shiar.
0: and this is this This is where the issue just kind of begins getting neat because they they skip stuff that they don't care about, but they they basically go through the history of the x men and little by little it's like what would have happened, and you know this is what is neat about it what, yeah. what if.
1: All the battles that the new X-Men, along with Cyclops and you know others, had done is now done instead of by a brand new sort of untrained group of people, is done by this uh, well-knit group of folks. One of the attacks is by uh, Proudstar, Eric the Red, and Nightcrawler, Yeah, and, and uh, Cyclops. Just, just like in the original issues, he's like, wait a minute, I was Eric the Red, and we'll, we'll find out later that it was uh, one of the Shi'ar dudes. But they, they handily stop this this whole thing, right? So it doesn't really go into a huge adventure. They basically shut the whole attack down. They have everybody captured, even the Nightcrawler, who eventually says, uh, You overcovenant in fuel! <laughs> Cause that's... You overcovenant coveted in fuel? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the Nightcrawler is no man's
1: prisoner. And he bamps away. The uh, Ice Man freezes Proud Star in a block of ice, which you know normally doesn't work. Well, as we've said, Adam, like years of practice and teamwork and and stuff like this, now he's able to finally use that ability without um, you know somebody busting out of that uh, frozen ice block. Could you say that Krakoa gave him
0: an extra like bit of confidence that he lacked
1: otherwise? Maybe. I, 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 let's go with that. <laughs> uh, I have a question, though: Is Proud Star dead?
0: Uh, no, because they they point out and say, "Oh, we we better get this guy out of the uh, ice before he dies." Okay. At some point, <laughs> uh, where did they say that? Well, uh, uh, he says we've got plenty of other things to worry about, like making some air holes for Mister Frosty here.
1: Mm, that's true. You're right. So, Iceman does say that. So
0: he is. Uh, he's not going to die, but I guess if they left him there, he might die. Uh, here we get Beast coming back, fresh from being an Avenger. He's like, hey, that was great. It was just like old times. Uh, is I it, really enjoy working with you guys.
1: Is it, yeah, here he's not quite ready to move back to the X Men, or is this where he nope. moves back with the X Men?
0: No, he's just visiting. He's yeah. like, hey, wanted to see you off because the professor's going somewhere, going on a vacation. Or something.
1: Well, he's been b- very stressed out because of all these, of the nightmares, the nightmares yeah, okay. that he's had. And now we've got sort of a connecting block with, I uh, can't remember, whoever the Shi'ar guy is. So then uh, the professor introduces everybody to Muir Island. He's like, Just time to tell you about Muir Island. They go and they see all these things. Uh, uh, Baby Magneto is in here. Um, Mutant X and the Animen. And they're like, "Ooh, mutant decks!" And they're like, "Pray you never find out." And we don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, baby Magneto, Magneto, bag, baby Magneto, never uh, is not baby Magneto. Oh, because Eric the Red gets captured here. That's right. That's because Eric the Red, the Shi'ar guy, shows up on Muir Island, and then uses his power to return Magneto to old age. Yeah. Yep. So that none of that happens. So Magneto's still a baby, and will remain so for, for the duration here. Banshee's so here much better. hanging out with Moira, I uh, think that's so, yeah, we,
0: we uh well, Banshee was a villain at this point, so mm. i guess I guess by now, I guess he would have be a good guy because the professor brought him onto the team.
1: I think it you could say that maybe through happenstance because in the Marvel universe, there's only two Scottish people, uh, Moira, and Banshee. eventually they had to meet, yeah, <laughs> so they meet and they i guess they they we'll, we'll just say they fall in love. Uh, or it's some other red-headed guy that has uh, uh, Banshee's haircut. Either way, I don't think he gets a line in this issue, so it doesn't really matter.
0: Um, the Sentinels return, yep. and then it's the issue 100 where they all have to go into space and fight what was the other X-Men. But this time, they just go up to space and fight uh, the Sentinels, handily defeating them. And then there's the issue... Of having to pilot the ship back to Earth.
1: It's very it's very cute though, too, because Scott and Gene are basically having the same argument that they had in normal continuity. But Lorna's here and she's like, Hey guys, um I, I could uh hey I, I could uh hey, you know what I could do? Will you guys shut up? And then she's like, I have magnetic powers. We can all stay back here and I can use my powers of magnetism to easily lower the ship on into onto Earth.
0: Yeah. And they're so- like, Oh, Okay. Jean Grey doesn't die or become Phoenix.
1: Was Havoc and Lorna in that issue, issue 100?
0: I don't think so because it was a whole different uh, team. And and had Polaris been there, she might have said that. Okay. So I feel then, like at this point they were just off the team and doing their archaeological stuff or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this kind of glosses over. like, It doesn't really make any... Well, if you go back to the original continuity where... The new X-Men are there, they save the day, save all the X-Men, and then all the old X-Men are like, There's too many mutants here, we're all leaving. Um seem to be, again, in original continuity, a bit of a cop out.
0: Well, we know that like uh Iceman and Angel and Beast go to the Defenders. Go to the Defenders. Uh, the champions at some point. And
1: Lorna and uh, Havoc, as you said, go do their archaeological thing, which basically just leaves Gene, uh, who then goes to college at some point, and Cyclops.
0: Beast goes to join the Avengers at some point, turns blue.
1: Right. Well, that turning blue guess, happens yeah, before Giant Size. Blue
0: but... is before the Krakoa. yeah. yeah. That's
1: true. Either way, um, I guess with no new X-Men, these folks feel an obligation towards duty to fulfill the mission of the X-Men. Uh, so we'll just go with that. But either way, uh, so so there's no Phoenix, but Phoenix will play a part in the future here. That's true. Um, so yeah.
0: that's when the Beast does say, uh, this is great. I've, uh, I'm, I want to come back. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah. Heck yeah, that's cool. That's great. Then in the shadows, we see a being who is using his blending into the shadows power.
1: We'll see that throughout the issue. I There's didn't actually somebody, yeah, notice somebody it. Somebody
0: really here. leans into that, which is kind of fun.
1: Right, right. The thing that he used to do but then never did for a while, Yeah, he's doing all throughout this issue. They also mention uh, the professor's connections to uh, Fred Duncan. They never say Fred Duncan's name, but his government contacts. And the professor's like, yeah, those Sentinels were built with tax dollars. I'm going to make some phone calls to my government friends and make sure no public dollars are ever used for something like this again which is i guess something that didn't really happen before we also find out that moira had to turn eric the red over to shield so she does is does that,
0: does that lead up to anything or is that just
1: i don't eh, i think putting he no, i don't know he escapes maybe and that's what begins the whole Shi'ar thing i don't remember
0: okay well the the next page some people go out to uh, a bar and some people stay in and that's when the shows up Beast says, oh, my stars and garters.
1: Uh, yep, and this the professor's like, oh, my gosh, it's that figure I've seen in my dreams. And then Lil sort of gives the whole lowdown of the intergalactic war. Eric the Red, who's really the Shi'ar dude, and that uh, the universe is doomed unless the X-Men will come with them. So they agree to go into a Stargate and find themselves in the middle of the what's this uh gem the mccarran crystal battle yeah uh yeah
0: because the the bad guy wants to get the mccarran crystal or something like that but the the good part of this is that the x-men see the star jammers and decide they the star jammers have been taken prisoner yep and uh they decide to go and some have some of them go and rescue them and some of them will maintain the battle. And they managed to go and rescue him and
1: Would it be safe to say, Adam, that these star jammers who are tied up at the moment are are not jamming across the universe? They're
0: star sitting.
1: <laughs> sitting across the not sitting across the universe. Uh, Cyclops lets Corsair go, and Corsair's like, thanks, whoever you are. (laughs) Yeah, they never really connect. Nope, they don't. Which is interesting. And I don't remember how they connected it in the mainline series, but there's a bunch of adventures that they all go on before that connection is made. So this kind of makes sense that they're like, it's a rescue operation. I don't know who you are, you don't know who I am, and then we're back off to Earth. So there's really no time to to get to know each other.
0: They get sent into the McCarrion crystal as wasn't it just Wolverine that did that or did they all do it I don't remember I,
1: my recollection is that and, and I'm probably confusing this with the Dark Phoenix saga but Wolverine goes into a thing and the watchers there who's like you need to leave and punts him out but that might have been the Dark Phoenix conclusion
0: yeah I get, I I get a lot of stuff yeah bleeding together I think they all... I remember Storm being in there, so maybe they did go in. Or maybe I'm just misremembering.
1: I don't remember. But yeah, they're all in here now, the Star Jammers, as well as the X-Men. And some lights uh, uh, are shown through, uh, which I guess freezes the, um, the Star Jammers. But Gene had telekinetically linked everybody on Scott's command, so they're all sort of conscious of what's happening and are able to use the combination of their powers to stop the bad thing from happening yeah
0: they do a whole thing there's um, even a... like everybody's it's very similar to the way that they uh sent krakow off they all use their powers send their powers into somebody who sends their powers into scott who is able to blast the mccarran crystal and it saves the
1: day right and they even say there's a reference to remember the xenox the alien band of slavers we fought some time ago we made a psychic circuit let's do that again which yeah. they do, as you mentioned, as you described, and uh, it works. It destroys the whole thing, and everybody's safe.
0: Well, it uh, it they they they're giving power to the crystal, so I guess they're making it better, so they don't destroy it, hmm. but they save it. Okay. They knit it back together. I guess it's described as okay. So,
1: well, either way, the, the the day is saved by this seasoned veteran team of. The X-Men, one of these elder Shi'ar dudes is like, well, Lalandra, you've still been condemned a traitor, so we'll have to figure that out. But that's a story for another day.
0: Yeah. They return to Earth, and then once again in the shadows, somebody overhears uh, Iceman saying, we did it, gang. We saved the universe, the whole universe. <laughs> Which is a thing people say. Well, you know, I mean, that's what you say. Having never saved the universe, I'm not sure whether or not I would say that. I probably would. I'd be like, hey, do you know I saved the universe?
1: So things return more or less to normal. Um, if you remember, there was that Colossus-looking guy named Warhawk. He shows up. They easily take him out. Uh, Mesmero takes over the X-Men, but the X-Men are able to fight back and solve that problem. Uh, remember when they fought Moses Magnum?
0: Uh, I remember Sunfire. That day. I remember they went to Japan because Sunfire needed help.
1: It's a deep I'd... cut. It's a very yeah. forgettable story in the mainline series, but they they take them out. Uh, another team that Sunfire calls out is the Canadian team of Alpha Flight, which is led by a, a short man named Logan.
0: And Logan does not have any interest in Jean Grey in this uh, parallel because they've never he met immediately meets. Uh, well, they probably met on this adventure. Sure. But uh, he he does meet um what's her what's her face here
1: is it Mariko or Yukio I guess Mariko Mariko
0: uh, yeah Yukio is the other one yeah and Scott oversees this and he's like Alpha Flight's leader Wolverine he's the most intense man I've ever met and yet-, and yet even he makes time for a personal life for romance perhaps it's time I do the same so, so Wolverine inspired uh Cyclops
1: to propose to gene gray he doesn't even get the proposal out before gene's like you dummy of course i'll marry you well she reads his mind i mean come on probably and she so knows what's coming she uh but then as she kisses him she she winces in pain and and she gets a flash of old timey handsome ponytail bearded uh, jason wingard she she gets that whole that whole thing is happening yeah uh in parallel and she's like don't touch me oh, i didn't mean that oh, i gotta figure some things out and but this
0: time, they're able to figure out what's happening, and the Professor is like, oh, you're being... It's some sort of psychic attack.
1: Yes. Now, in the mainline series, are they not able to figure out because maybe the Professor is otherwise occupied with... I don't know. Is he in space? I can't remember. He may either be in space, in a coma, or just depowered, but I feel like since none of that stuff has happened, the professor's now more available to, to help out with this situation, Uh, and they figured out, but in the meantime, before they solve that problem, they go fight Archon. If you remember from, from, uh, X-Men annual number three
0: in Africa with storm.
1: Yeah. They, uh, they fight against the, um, uh, the hellfire club or the hellions, I guess, uh, saving Kitty pride in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, And then there's the whole dazzler event that had also occurred very closely after that. They solve that problem.
0: These are all happening in one panel each. That's why we're not describing them.
1: Yeah, it's it's basically them just handily winning these battles. Um, yeah. Then they make their way over to the Hellfire Club against the original X-Men, and they, Jean uh, is just like, that's him. It's over there, Jason Wingard, and uh, immediately he's like, oh, a mastermind. Hmm.
0: Yeah. This, perhaps since I've been discovered, you should see that I'm mastermind.
1: Yep. Shaw, Pierce, Leland, uh, may I introduce you to the X-Men. Uh, Shaw or Mastermind, I can't tell who it is, is like, everybody get out of here. So they all leave, and the Hellfire Club's like, you're going to join us, take over the world, or be our slaves. And they're like, no, we're not. But then they get teleported to space.
0: Yeah, so that gets left behind. And we had a a big old face-off, and all of a sudden they get teleported into space by Lalandra.
1: Yep. No Wolverine in the sewer looking upward at us in that classic pose, because none of that can happen.
0: Wolverine's leading Alpha Flight.
1: Well, I'm just making that reference because yeah, the, yeah. that classic panel, which happens. No, it's it's important to yeah. make uh, references
0: <laughs> to let us know which time we're in. Yeah, it's it's helpful. Uh, now we're in basically the Dark Phoenix saga.
1: Exactly. Yep. Uh, we get uh, so Lilandra's back in power. She's been absolved or whatever, or she's yeah, leading she's, the rebels. She's,
0: I... she's the leader, just like before.
1: Okay. Yeah, and they talk about whatever the situation is, which is basically uh, the Phoenix is now a part of the sun, and and what is
0: having nowhere to go, it went into the sun.
1: Right, it needs a host or a celestial body to inherit, and it's chosen the sun because it didn't actually get to choose Gene. Yeah, and basically what it means is that uh, that sun has to be destroyed in order to defend the universe. And the X-Men are like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you destroy the sun, the Earth is doomed. And she's like, yes, but if we don't destroy the sun, the universe is doomed. Yeah. So, they're like, well, give us 24 hours. We'll figure it out. And I don't really like how they resolve this because it's basically like, hey, if we give it a host, then it'll leave the sun and we can save the Earth. Why don't we just give it a host? And why why not make that host Cyclops? It's a... it's. I mean, you know... Uh, here, here's the moral conundrum being Earth versus the universe is an interesting thing to sort of go through to try to figure out how are you going to solve that problem. Universe versus the Earth versus a single person feels like a easier equation to solve. Well, right. I mean, the plan is that
0: Cyclops becomes the host and right. then they kill him.
1: But it doesn't even have to be... I mean, honestly, it doesn't have to be Cyclops. All you got to do is you got to go find somebody terminally ill and be like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna do the most heroic thing ever?" Yeah, they don't have time for that, I guess not. And so. Cyclops
0: Cyclops has agreed to do it, so yeah, Cyclops is going to be the one to do it. But Cyclops is not going to be the one to do it because Nightcrawler. I'll we'll just reveal. Skip to the end here.
1: He's he's hidden above. What? Well, how? He somehow he was hiding in the shadows, and we don't actually see it but he must have been teleported up with everybody else as well or he took a shuttle or something but somehow Nightcrawler's in space
0: and yeah, we don't really f- maybe we do he's probably says somewhere but yeah i don't know
1: either way he he knocks cyclops out oh
0: he says he stowed away on the ship that came for xavier because xavier didn't get beamed up but they needed his help
1: ah uh, okay okay yeah he's He's come around, right? He was an, quote-unquote, evil mutant when we first saw him. And throughout all of these adventures, Nightcrawler's been kind of watching and being like, Huh, maybe I am the villain and these are the heroes. Maybe I would like to be a hero. And so, Like
0: you, I am a mutant, but my appearance is as much a curse as a mutation. Humans have hated me since the birth. Spattered me, hunted me. Often they have tried to kill me. We get a scene out of Giant Size X-Men. And yeah, uh,
1: yeah, of him being uh, uh, uh chased with a bunch of torch bearing Germans. Right.
0: Uh so it was when the Eric that
1: it was it was that. so it was that when
0: Eric the Red approached me, he found a willing ally. He lied to me, true, told me you strove to ensure both mutants and humankind, but I eagerly accepted his lies as gospel. But then I realized by hanging out in the bushes that you guys were okay. Yep. <laughs> so he's gonna do this thing.
1: He steals the shuttle, and and Cyclops runs up to the bridge, and he's like, ah, "It's not me in there." And they're like, "Oh, well, the guy in the spacesuit didn't say anything, so we just assumed it was you, which is thin, but whatever." Uh, but yeah, he he gives that whole story. He's like, "Look, I'm gonna do this. It's my uh, my sacrifice." Uh, and so he flies towards the sun, the Phoenix season. He gets all of the power. Uh, he's beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and I guess he dies. And they blow up the ship. Yeah. I think. Yep. Quickly,
0: Lirlandra snaps before the Chaos Springer realizes the situation and asserts control. And then they blow up the spaceship. And that solves the Phoenix problem. At least probably temporarily. Although, I guess we don't know that.
1: Yeah, so so they'll let the Shi'ar destroy that spaceship.
0: There is a hard lesson here, my X-Men, but a valuable one. But whenever we despair, we must think of the moment and remember, no man is beyond redemption. No man.
1: What about w- a woman?
0: Women are terrible. They, <laughs> they they don't deserve redemption.
1: We've always uh, speculated that the professor hates women. So this, this tracks, <laughs> this tracks. And then, you know, the watcher says, so it goes. Uh, I don't make judgments. I just watch the end.
0: Who's <laughs> to say if these X-Men are better than the other X-Men? I don't know. I don't make judgments.
1: <laughs> I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> so what if the x-men had stayed the x-men it's a, it's a good issue it's fun it's fun it's
0: uh i mean you know it was i was i assumed it was going to end in tragedy as as i just expect what ifs to do and i was pleasantly surprised that they actually turned out to be decent yeah and it was fun that he did a bunch of cameos and a bunch of stuff that happened to the other x-men because that's what would happen So did we We see,
1: we saw Wolverine, we saw Storm, we saw... Kitty. I don't think we saw Colossus ever. I don't think we saw Colossus, because he's over in Russia. Kitty Dazzler. What other new X-Men were there? That's about it, isn't it? Banshee, I guess. Banshee. Yeah, we saw him, though. Sort of. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, Sunfire. Good things. Good stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I guess that takes us to another weird out-of-continuity story that... I barely read. But it was Guardians of the Galaxy, numbers 9 and through 11, which I got to be honest, I had no idea that Guardians of the Galaxy was being published uh, in the 90s. So this is, a, I don't know what volume this is. I'm going to say it's volume 2. It's got to be at least a volume 2, right? Because was Guardians of the Galaxy originally a 70s or 80s comic? I think so, yeah. 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 It's been around for a while and not necessarily
0: this team. Right. I think this team has been established, but I think the team that's from the movies has also been established but then again they might not they might just be people that are not the guardians of the galaxy cuz i know drax is doing infinity gauntlet stuff right now and rocket raccoon has his own thing
1: well but this is uh this is the 31st century
0: right so this this guardians of the galaxy takes place in the far future of the marvel universe and so most of the issues are this team of spacefaring do-gooders who uh encounter marvel universe stuff but way way in the future
1: i think our only connection is is this blue guy is he Yandu or no oh
0: yeah Yandu's there
1: yeah everybody else is not anybody you'd know from the movies
0: very different than the yondu in the movies
1: yeah yeah larger mohawk an actual bow to go with his arrow but yeah otherwise he's blue and also not a criminal Who's to say that he's not a reformed criminal, though?
0: I mean, it's pretty, pretty evident if you're reading Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, the all these guys got a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, really? I believe Sylvester Stallone played the big guy. Really? I think so. Huh. But when Sylvester Stallone's in the movie, usually he's hanging out with a group of dudes. Okay. And it's essentially these dudes.
1: Okay. Interesting. Um, so that. they
0: only get like a like seconds of screen time but huh. I don't know which one Sylvester Stallone plays but he's he definitely plays he either plays Charlie X which is the big guy or he plays the ice guy maybe I don't know
1: that's a that's a deep cut there because and and only there for for the die hard fans because I can't imagine that you know in 10 years they're going to do this team and still have uh Sylvester Stallone in the mix but maybe i guess i don't know i I, I think it was
0: just a deep cut or maybe they'll get more screen time in guardians of the galaxy 3 who knows
1: were they in the christmas special that i haven't watched yet probably they were not in
0: the christmas special spoilers
1: (laughs) all right well uh this this is the world of mutants and the mutants is in the new mutants font
0: (laughs) yeah which is kind of funny yeah and and uh rancor is in the wolverine font
1: Oh, I didn't even connect that. It's the color scheme is right, but she also has sort of the the dark brown, light orange costume that one would equate with a Wolverine, and she's uh, got the Wolverine haircut. So, heck yeah! Spoilers: She's a descendant of Wolverine. Yeah, which is really the only thing I read was how this whole descendancy thing worked. It was kind of neat.
0: So there we, we, we're on this planet Haven and I guess there's nine mutants left on Haven and we see a couple of them. One of them was wearing Sabretooth's outfit, and that's oh. Batwing. Yep. And uh we get a backstory of how the Sentinels got so bad that the Magneto proposed that they the mutants leave the planet. We get a nice panel of a bunch of mutants, which puts us firmly in the nineties 'cause
1: Cables there. Well, there's one person here who's not a mutant. Oh, that's really? that's Juggernaut. Oh there's no reason uh, for him to be here. He's just hanging out. I guess. He's visiting Charles.
0: Uh is that Skids and Rusty at the bottom?
1: It's either Skids or Boom Boom. And then the name
0: Skids because that looks like Rusty next to her with the yeah it also does look like boom boom
1: well the the guy next in front of submariner i think that's pyro
0: oh okay so it's not rusty
1: i think it's boom boom submariner pyro mastermind cannonball kitty pride megan nightcrawler angel sunfire beast blob colossus cable archangel uh proud star guy Warpath. Warpath, there you go. Sabretooth. Juggernaut doesn't make me say Sabertooth sense. there. Yeah. Well, Sabretooth's a mutant.
0: Yeah, I know, but like he just seems like an odd grouping of no.
1: Cyclops and Forge. That's those are the mutants that we see in this panel and then we also get uh Storm, Wolverine, Polaris, Havoc, Iceman and a really crazy looking Banshee. Banshee with very long hair. Yeah, he's like he's like in his 80s rock star phase (laughs) he well he's got the voice right so he 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 pinch hits for uh the poison singer i don't know he just hits the high parts (laughs) exactly exactly in those those heavy metal ballads they bring him on stage and everyone's like oh my god it's (laughs) banshee yeah
0: so (laughs) some of the mutants went willingly some refused they don't really tell which are which some were There were those who went reluctantly, which I'm presuming is Storm and uh, Wolverine because they're in the foreground of this uh, block.
1: Yeah, they don't look terribly interested in this idea, but they're going to go. So they
0: shoot off into space, but apparently Apocalypse follows along. And then there's a battle to the death between Apocalypse and Magneto in which they both die. Which we don't actually see any of this.
1: No. And then several generations later, we see Wolverine descendants, I'm going to guess angel descendants, uh, magma from Volcanoes, not a magma descendant, and some other folks that... Yeah, we
0: don't know who these are. We just know that this is Wolverine. Yeah. This is the original Wolverine.
1: There's a dude here... uh, He's still alive. ...that has, like, purple skin and a headband and one eye, So, so maybe he could be a Cyclops descendant. (laughs) Maybe yeah, We don't know
0: (laughs) Uh, So Wolverine leads the remaining people To survive on this barren planet That they I guess crash land on uh, But it barely supports life So they have to make it for their own Then at some point Wolverine must die Because now his descendants are there And they are kind of There's like this cross Half Wolverine Half saber tooth type guy Yeah with a big beard, just kind of cool looking, but apparently he's terrible. Yeah. And then we see...
1: He's got this, children who have children, and then
0: there's this sort of bald
1: wolverine. Who, Rancor, yeah. Well, there's this like bald wolverine who's got like claw armbands, so they're keeping up the claw motif, whereas this Rancor person, she's got claws that come out of her fingertips, so right. somehow the metal has been inherited through all these lineages, which doesn't make a ton of sense, but whatever. It's all good. They preserved adamantium. Sure. They remelted it down and put it in the next body. They should all have bone claws. Yeah, they should. Uh, this is before bone claws, though, for this sure. This is
0: before bone claws. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, really, unless they pre- like brought with them some sort of prepared adamantium.
1: So Rancor is awful. It's on her 16th birthday, she kills her father.
0: She claws her father's beating heart from his chest, which I guess is a way to kill a dude who has a healing factor, assuming that any of these people have healing factors. Yeah. And that brings us up to date. Uh, There's an underground team of humans who are trying to usurp the nine mutants that have taken over the planet. But the humans uh, don't. Are afraid to congregate And actually overpower the mutants Even though there's there's tons of them And only nine of the mutants Those mutants have power So they try to get the Guardians of the Galaxy involved And they do They do? The Guardians of the Galaxy split up And half of them go talk to Rancor And half of them go talk to the populace of the people And Rancor immediately realizes that Oh, well if half of you is talking to the populace of the people Then that means you've already talked to the Underground Cause the rest of them would be too scared, so she takes that half of the team uh prisoner, so the other half of the team has to rescue the half of the team. Meanwhile, uh Starhawk is taking this dude Gerard to a volcano that Phoenix lives in for some reason.
1: Well you gotta have a Phoenix if there's a mutant story, yeah. And then basically after that, the rest of that,
0: the rest of the t- 10 and 11 is the rebirth of Phoenix and in into this Gerard guy and the Guardians of the Galaxy fighting all the mutants. And uh,
1: yeah, pretty it's much. Fun. It's it's fun. Uh, the issue 10 here, I kind of skimmed through and it was like really just like a bunch of guardians things happening with the end of the issue being the reveal of the Phoenix coming back. Uh, and then issue 11, yeah, they, I don't know, they solve the problem. How do they solve the problem, Adam?
0: So they, so the Phoenix destroys the planet um, in order to satiate the Phoenix entity. Mm-hmm. But they also manage to teleport the entire populace over to a machine world that the Guardians have discovered in a previous issue. Mm-hmm everybody lives uh, they don't know what happened to any of the mutants some of them died Rancor is still alive Batwing is still alive
1: there's a pretty fun panel here of the Phoenix and a two page spread super large basically devouring this planet and all the spaceships just kind of like floating around being like oh my god I've never seen anything like this whoa and I guess with yeah with it being satiated it's just like alright I'm off and it flies away so they don't they don't actually defeat they don't actually solve any problems here other than saving a bunch of people.
0: Well, they save the people from the mutant uh, the mutant domination, I guess. Yeah. So these people can now do their own thing on this other world sort of thing.
1: So, yeah, I mean, an interesting idea of what the mutant situation in the 31st century.
0: Yeah. It's, of course, out of continuity. None of this is probably what will ultimately happen
1: no none of this none of this matters yeah but uh still but it was it was still a fun little diversion and that's it
0: yeah that that's everything we got to cover this issue so we're done
1: um i think it's worth mentioning it's not worth mentioning <laughs> it's, it's just not i'm glad we had that talk <laughs> was. We'll, we'll save it, Adam. We're, we're going to okay. save it. Yeah, we'll save it. And now that's a little teaser for everybody listening of like, what the hell are they talking about? And what are they saving it for? You'll know it when it happens. I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> I like to talk to myself a lot. So. <laughs> Believe me, crazy plans are, are afoot in my head.
0: So many crazy plans are afoot.
1: All right, Adam. Well, I did not got anything else to talk about.
0: Uh, No. What do do we do at this point? Something about call us, talk to us, email us. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Okay. Nice work, Adam. Call us, email us, talk to us. Well, you can do that at various locations, such as our webpage, www.xmenpodcast.com. Go to facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, It's getting so weird over there. But you can still follow us there um, at Danger Room Go or email us Danger Room at XMenPodcast.com. Go out to iTunes, subscribe, like, uh, do all those things, uh, or visit us on our somewhat somewhat uh, uh, low-used Patreon. And when I say that, I mean we just haven't put any new content up there, but it's coming soon. Yeah, we do have some plans for some
0: exclusive Patreon content. Very exciting I know, I'm
1: excited. Get your dollars out, people. It's going <laughs> to be worth it. So worth it. That's all I got to say. Our uh, theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. And that's when I say, Adam, do you have anything else to talk about? No, I don't. Oh, well, neither do I. This is, this is a nice quick one. Back to uh, old form. Yeah. Quick, no wasting of our uh, people's time. So I guess, uh, I guess I'll just stop wasting people's time and say, <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, my name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the danger room is closed.